for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it all right welcome everybody this is the reality czar's podcast and i'm your only host tonight nate tony's at work and we have the great dexter de la paz uh paz Everybody should know who you are, but do you want to tell everybody where they can find you and a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So in case anyone can't tell by my uh, name and accent, pause is strictly a pseudonym. My name's Dexter. You can find me on Timeline Earth, where I occasionally fill the role as a weekly host. And I also run their sub show, The Scarlet Thread Society. I'm also one of the primary hosts on the Gaslight Hour when we can get the boys together. You'll also find me here, there, other podcasts of high quality and known repute. Uh, let's see. I'm very active on Twitter, where most of you have probably met or know me, at TLE Pause. And I think that's the majority of it, or the things we need to get rolling anyways. Awesome, man. So I got a homie that, uh, oh, shout out to Peter Panarchy. Uh, he says that your dogman research scares him. He's like, he thinks is like, he's, he wanted me to talk to you about it. And my buddy, Adam from shout out to Adam from Debergut's red pill beat me to it, but that's okay. I want to talk dogman pause. Yeah, we can definitely talk dogman <laughs> for the people who have been with me a while. You may remember that. In the long, long days of yesteryear, my Twitter handle actually was Dogman Respector. You know, it was always my first passion as far as cryptozoology goes. One of my favorite subjects. So why is that such a personal interest to you? I think a lot of it is probably just derived from the fact that up here in Wisconsin, that's kind of the local cryptid. You know, we've got other stuff. There's Bigfoot sightings up here. Uh, Wisconsin's one of the national capitals of UFO sightings, which a lot of people don't realize. We have a huge density of them. And, you know, we've also got our very hyper-specific local stuff, like the Hodag up in the Northwoods. But really, the Dogman's kind of our cryptological, cryptozoological, rather, claim to fame especially down in the southeast corner of the state where I spent the better part of eight years living. Cool, man. What the heck's a hodag? It's a sort of, oh gosh, what's the best way to describe this? I think the way that makes the most sense to describe it in brief is like a giant horned spiked lizard thing that lives in the forests. You know Hillary what? Clinton? Well, similar, frankly. Yeah. Let me see if I can find you an image. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Obviously, it's not a literal image. A body has yet to be recovered, but let's see. I was having fun researching cryptids, uh, getting ready for I this. I can't just post this in the stream chat here. Yeah. No, no. Let's see. I think one of the coolest one that I was looking up, have you heard of the Loveland frog? Yeah, I can't say I know too much about that one, unfortunately, but I definitely, I'm familiar with the name. It sounds cool as shit. So it's out of Loveland, Ohio, and people have seen this four foot tall frog. And I don't think he sounds like evil or anything. People are just seeing this like walking upright giant frog. And it got really popular after, I mean, he had to have been drunk, but it was a cop. Cop found him and reported it, and then it turned into this really big thing after that. Because, so not to take us totally off rail right away, but something you said there's super interesting, right? Well, he had to have been drunk, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but at the same time, did he really, though? Because as you really drill in the cryptozoological research, and as this becomes a topic that people get really into, you'll find more and more that there's many instances of people with traditional credibility in society 
that tend to be experiencers and their encounters are just outright dismissed Always. as a way of not yeah. acknowledging the legitimacy that they are treated with in other contexts. You know, for instance, like Point Pleasant cops seeing the Mothman, for instance, or other UFO encounters while uh, foot men are on patrol, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. Mendelssohn Forest is another example. You know, soldiers are treated as if their words gold oftentimes, except when, oh, this UFO straight up invaded our air base. Yeah, 100%, man. And those get those get cited all the time, especially nowadays. It's crazy. I never saw anything until I think last year I saw what I, I, must, I it has, it's a UFO to me because I don't know what the fuck it is, right? So it just means unidentified flying object. And then I've been seeing all kinds of shit lately. Yeah, I think sightings of things just in general, whether it's beings or airships or literally whatever the case may be does seem to have been on a rise in the last decade especially and maybe that's continuing to accelerate i was talking even in the pre-corona days before that sucked the oxygen out of everyone's bit about weirdness acceleration or high strangeness accelerationism and how this stuff's just continuing to ramp up and people should be prepared to lean into the weird because it's coming for them whether they want it to or not. That's true. I like the way you worded that. We need to be leaning into the weird. Um, you know, the last two years, that's definitely been my mantra, man. I used to be just your stupid, normie, libertarian. And uh, I, I get red-pilled every day. Every day something. I'm like, God, you know. Yeah, I think libertarianism in general, that's, I wouldn't be offended if someone called me a libertarian, but I think uh, their emphasis on rational actor theory, especially, is a very good thing to operate from, but it's just simply not sufficient, you know? Yeah, I, I, agree, I think, man. especially from a moral standpoint, too, the, philo the philosophy is very well grounded, and it's a great starting place, and it's a good thing to claim but it's it's just not fully sufficient for interfacing with reality as it actually presents itself to us as sentient um beings that can interact with the environment i agree man and i mean unfortunately like i am an anarchist at heart but i've just come to the you know realization that humans don't work that way. And I just, I don't think it's ever going to happen, man. You know, a Pete Quinona has actually, has been a big red pill for that, you know, for me and uh, just realizing that we can try to live as free as we can, but you know, I don't think ANCAP, ANCAP is around the corner. Well, yeah, not to turn this into a political theory stream or anything, <laughs> but uh, that's what leads me to things like Heinleinian rational anarchy and some of the stuff that he espoused through the characters in his writing, you know, you're free as long as you're willing to live free, not necessarily because the system around you is conducive to it. It sounds like egoism, man. Well, it's certainly not because that's yeah. a whole nother chestnut, but there's a certain overlap in the way the outlook would be perceived. I gotcha. think that's the right way to put that. But. Well, I think this is another episode, Pause. I'd love to have you on just to talk about theory, man. But uh, we can get back to the to our wild animals. Yeah, we can circle back around to that stuff another time. Heck but, yeah, uh, we could have that conversation. So uh, let's talk Dogman, man. Where do you want to start? So when did he first get cited? Is this exclusively an American Thing. So this is just like Wisconsin, you said? So that's the interesting thing, right? Uh, the dog man, as we know it today, is a distinct phenomena. But the further back you trace this sort of thing, the more you'll see it runs concurrently with the idea and concepts of werewolves in the deep past and in Europe. You know, you have accounts of the dog-headed men in medieval times and the Dark Ages during the Proto-Church, and even Saints of the Church addressing that. 
You'll have werewolves running around in southern France, which is where this really picks up steam. Accounts of a giant wolf terrorizing villages. And after a farmer finally shoots it, finding a villager dead in his field the next day. Mm. And But by the time it gets to America, it's much less about a shape-shifting creature or a dog-headed man so much as it is about an upright bipedal canine of some really tremendous size. And this has been cited not just in North America, well, not just in the United States of America, but in other parts of North America, which is to say parts of French-speaking Canada. It's been spotted quite a bit here in Wisconsin, and this is where it picked up steam in the modern era in the 20th century with the sightings of the Beast of Bray Road. But since then, it's been seen all over the United States of America. Uh, I've found, interestingly enough, that there seems to be a higher density of sightings in areas with culturally French settlement, such as along the Mississippi River, Louisiana, uh, parts of the Arcadia Territory or region in what is now Canada and Maine, and, you know, even to some extent, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, along the Gulf Coast there. And, of course, like I said, you'll find pockets of it everywhere else, but the highest density seems to be places with uh, French cultural exposure, seemingly through French fur traders. And that's super fascinating, man. Yeah, I I remember actually you mentioning this when you were talking with Adam and in my head, I don't know if you guys brought this up, but I I probably did or not. But um, it seems sometimes that like sightings and maybe possessions and or different things like that can carry through bloodlines like it can carry from like if your dad saw a lot of aliens, sometimes that means you're going to, too. It's this weird um maybe it's something in the blood that makes you more um, maybe able to perceive, like maybe you have better perception of things uh, into uh, whatever realm or I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Maybe it's a French thing. Yeah, we didn't address that specifically, but I think that's probably related to some stuff we talked about. And I think it's a very good question to be asking. I really do. Uh, This idea that, there could be a genetic component to it or a bloodline component to it makes some sense to me because as they noted, when I was talking to them, there's some correlation between German heritage and the missing 411 phenomena. That's defies literally all explanation. Just can't explain that as a concept. And I think that if I am onto something and I cannot accept this as a given, I'm as likely to be wrong about anything as any other person is. But the idea that if it has something to do with just how a given person can perceive the environment around them, then genetic and environmental factors could also influence that. And if your family has been living in the same area, or if you have some sort of condition, you know, your eyes are just sharper than most other people's Mm -hmm. due to X, Y, or Z reason then yeah, that could certainly influence whether or not you're able to detect any given thing. So I'm not convinced or persuaded that there's a bloodline component to possession per se, but I think that there's a lot of room for it to play a factor in sightings and ability to be experiential to these outside forces. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I, I think that like a lot of those things, I think that some people are more uh, sensitive to the other, you know, realities that are around us at any given time. And I think that maybe part of that definitely could be, you know, something passed down genetically. Yeah, it's, I think yeah. we do also have to be a little bit careful using that approach. Because as we know, there are, of course, charlatans out there. And sometimes it's the family business to be a fortune teller sort of thing, you know. That's but true. There's there's room <laughs> for it to be correct, of course. And I think that's a possibility that should be investigated. But it's also not a silver bullet to continue with our theme here. Is there... Is, do okay how much of the dogman like lore is set in stone are they allergic to silver things like that or is there anything like that uh historically they certain 
certainly were, and that seems to be a component of the werewolf tradition that they came out of, the dogman of the modern era, you know, as it's existed here in North America since the early 20th century. That does not seem any longer to be the case, but also in this more modern interpretation of the dogman, whatever this being may be, there doesn't seem to be many instances of a person or persons fighting back against them to find out. You know, gotcha. if you listen to the sort of pulp dog man stories on YouTube, some of my favorites like Dark Waters or Dog Man Encounters, I have a lot of respect for these guys. And some of the stories they have claims that people will have shot back at them or tried to fight back against these things when they get super aggressive. So if those are credible, and like I said, I didn't vet those stories. They were submitted to those YouTube channels, and those guys did it. Take that with a grain of salt. But if that stuff's true, it seems to indicate that they are flesh and blood and can be fought against, but that whatever tools we as humans have are not terribly effective. You know, you'll find in a lot of cryptid stories that evoking the Christian faith and the name of Christ is effective. That confirms my own personal priors, so I'm inclined to believe it just on those grounds. The same. <laughs> uh, but whether or not that's the case, it's hard to say. You know, we know that the religion, at least as a bulwark, seems to work against sleep entities and against UFOs and extraterrestrials. So if there is a common ultra-terrestrial origin of all of these things in general, then it would follow that it would also work there but that's an operating assumption. That's not any kind of hard fact. Gotcha. You know, I find that super fascinating, man, because I've heard that like from a lot of people that are not believers either. They say that like, if you're having issues with demons, if you're having issues with ghosts, if you're having issues with like any of these things, if you like call out the name of Jesus, they get the heck out of there. And I just find that so fascinating. And like you said, like I'm a Christian, so I like that. And I think it's great. Yeah, right. But, Flatters my worldview yeah. for it to be the case. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it also could be something to where, like, if you are, if you are saying something and you believe it, you know, or it might even just have power because, you know, in the same way that like, uh, the whole world uses this one phrase or this one word, it gives it power, you know? And so that's, that's mm -hmm. me playing devil's advocate. Sure. It, if yeah. we chose to be Reddit about the issue, then yes, that's also an explanation. It could be an empowerment of faith in general, as opposed to a faith specific. Yeah. But it it's hard to say, you know, there's just not enough hard data on something like that. And there never will be either. So we have to either accept it on those terms and, do away with empiricism in this field or accept alternate methods of gathering data. Yeah. All I know is Jesus works, man. And shout out to you, Jesus. I love you. It works, man. So I'll keep using it if I have to. So uh, let's talk more about the dog, man. So he, I, I remember you talking with Adam. He seems like he's always a bad guy. Yes, always. There's no stories I've heard, no reports that I've read on any tracking blogs. As far as I know, there's never an instance where this thing is anything but malicious. In fact, it's a common trope in Dogman stories for it to project an aura and almost a telepathic sensation of evil. You always get the distinct sharp impression that it is malicious and that it does want to hurt you, that we're nothing more than playthings to it. And I think that there's a certain amount of credibility in that because you don't get that just from wild animals. Like you can see a bear in the woods and be afraid of it, but you won't get the distinct impression that it's thinking at you that it wants to hurt you. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah, think yeah. this is something with cryptids in general. People also need to be more understanding about, you know, oh, obviously it's just an animal. Obviously, it's just X, Y, and Z. Well, when you have these certain specific details like that, most people have interacted with animals or the concept of an animal enough to understand that 
your dog isn't saying a specific word to you, or, you know, you can understand an animal's emotions, but if it's projecting some sort of environmental imprint at you that rises to that level of specificity, it's probably not just, oh, want to fill my water dish for me? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, it knows it's time to eat. You know, there's there's tiers of communication, I suppose, is what I'm really getting at. There's tiers of communication in the animal kingdom. And to get a distinct, specific impression from something, especially if it seems to be accompanied along a very specific threat pattern as opposed to a general threat response, it probably needs to be considered more seriously. I feel you, man. And I mean, body language is everything anyways, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to communicate at all. And I can make you feel threatened by like just what, you know, just movements. And yeah, Um, I'm also curious, too. um, So how do we know these aren't werewolves? Because we just haven't heard repeat like we haven't heard reports, right, that we've seen a change Right. So these people are only encountering it when it's in dog form. Do you think that this could be a werewolf or do you think this is entirely a different thing? I think that there is room in the field for it to be a werewolf and that some people have speculated. So I know Linda Godfrey, the actual queen of the dog man herself, has gathered a story Um, I'm going to call it anecdotal because I haven't been able to verify it myself. And in fact, it's been some time since I read the book she referenced it in of an actual werewolf outbreak in Illinois, where a church full of people saw someone transform crazy. And if true, that seems to confirm that it is in fact werewolves, but that's one story where several degrees of separation removed from anyone who was actually there. And so, you know, you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But then the other side of the coin is, if true, you know, if true, then that does seem to confirm that there's a werewolf component to it. And people who have cited the dog man can't say for a fact it's clearly not a werewolf. I think that there's other factors that make the idea of it being a werewolf less likely and it being an independent being more likely. But you you just can't say that sort of stuff conclusively. I gotcha. I mean, I remember hearing an interview, man, I don't remember who it was. <laughs> this is probably about a year ago. And I thought it was fascinating as shit and way out there, way out there. So like you, you can't really put too much into this, but they were saying that like, once you are part of those like elite circles, like when you, uh, it's almost like uh, they say that, they do these certain rituals where you invite like, like demons in or some sort of creatures in and they turn you into a shape shifting thing. Like that's part of being like some of these dark arts, like these occults, mm-hmm. like that there are lycanthropes. There are, uh, there are vampires actually. And it's, a, it's parts of like these secret societies. And I thought that was super neat, but So part of the thing with (laughs) cases of real demonic possession is that there's a corruption of the physical form that is attendant with it, especially as the possession takes hold and your soul becomes more and more damaged. So if it is a case of uh, possession in any specific instance, it seems fully possible to me that your nails could become more like claws, your teeth could get a little more jagged and busted up, become more like uh, fangs. Whether or not that is the same as turning into a wolf or a dogman or a vampire or anything, probably not, but there's enough related phenomena and enough related possibilities that it would be an easy thing to mistake and also something you should, in fact, be leaving alone. Don't invite demons in. Should be that mm-hmm. simple, people. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're inviting, I mean, they could throw it back at us, inviting the Holy Spirit in. But, you know, <laughs> almost anytime you're inviting something in, I be careful. Be careful. Do <laughs> your research. Right. Uh, um, so you actually sent me the photo of that, of 
what the heck was it called? The Hodag. Um, there, the Hodag. Okay, you threw it in uh, the private chat here, so I will. I'll screen share it and we'll pull him up real quick. Sure. Let's see here. Screen share. Hmm. Do I still have him up? There he is. Okay. Yeah. So, Chrome tab, Hodag. There we go. We're sharing it. Let's make him big. Oh, this is the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I just had no better way to describe it than a giant horned lizard. And that's, as you can see from the photo, basically what it is. I'm not sure if there's any other way a person would necessarily describe that. It looks like Hillary Clinton. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. I don't know if she spends much time terrorizing loggers and miners, but... Miners, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk vampires, man. Do you know anything about vampires? Uh, Well, I know all the folklore that anybody else knows. There's accusations of vampirism. We know that there's blood drinker cults out there in the real world. Whether or not that's the same thing as being a vampire, I think you could make a case that it's possible for it to be a distinction without a difference. Yeah, Uh, man. There's definitely emotional vampires. That's sort of a meme thing, but I totally believe that's real, where some people just suck the energy out of a room with their mere presence. It's like whether or not uh, it's like a, a mystical thing that shit is just true. Like you've Mm -hmm. met people like that and you're just like, good God, you can't even, you seriously can't be around them. Now, maybe there is some weird mystical, maybe it's something that they're not even aware of. I think that that's true. A lot of times. Absolutely. I don't think they have to be an active agent in that, but as far as literally blood drinking vampires go. Yeah. I mean, we know that there's been cult activity in the U S where people drank blood. Uh, We know for a fact that some people have had cosmetic surgery to get fangs. We know that there's a very active LARP subculture. So it's certainly a archetype that remains with humanity, whether it's real or not. As far as Bram Stoker's Dracula goes, who can say, you know? Yeah, it's funny. It's it's funny how it's evolved to the aesthetic. Like you used to have the Striga and the Strigoi, and they just sound they sound like monsters. Yeah, like full on fucking Outright monsters. monsters. <laughs> and then they were they were like the undead. They were feeding on vital essence and things like that. Um, uh, and then you start to get like the sophisticated sexy vampires. And that, that was like around the 1820, 1850s, right? That's when they started like putting them in nice suits and they're rich men that would. The 19th century. And mm-hmm. like I said, even before uh, Stroker, you know, it's was already in existence, but he's the one who definitely popularized it. And it's this idea of the genteel nobleman who's also a monster. Part of that might be sublimated fears in Victorian culture. But the fact that vampire stories have been with humanity from the beginning certainly lends some sort of credibility to it, no matter what form it takes. And that's something we've talked about on the Gaslight Hour, too, is the idea of cultural tracking, where we observe these phenomenon or phenomena rather within the context of the culture that we have to perceive them with. You know, and I think there could be something to that. A Victorian's not going to see a giant bat person monstrosity or a shambling zombie as a vampire, you know, and we're not in this modern day either, because despite our culture, that's just not our conception of these things anymore because our culture has changed around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that is fascinating. And I think that if these vampires are monsters, I think that they probably had to evolve to change their shape at least so that they could be, they could walk amongst us. They could uh, not just outright scare their victims like right away. Um, I, I always thought it was fascinating too about how vampires almost had to have your consent in certain ways. And it reminds me of, well, sort of like government. They, they pretend they want your consent. Uh, Well, so the thing with that is the question of consent 
it goes back, I think, to spiritual beings. And that's what makes the question more interesting than is it a monster or is it some sort of spiritual being? We talked about possession a couple of times here and there already on the program. And, you know, if you allow something into yourself and then it's piloting you like a skin suit, well, it still has rules it has to obey. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, these spiritual beings, as I'm continuing to call them, it's not a perfect term, but it's working for the discussion we have. They are bound by a different set of laws of reality than what we are. And as such, they do need permissions ultimately to act on you, whether that's the permission of doubt and you believing in their power or ability to exert power over you, or whether that's literal consent, such as you allowing them into yourself or into your space. Uh, there's things that they need to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always find that fascinating too with like just evil in general. Uh, there's always rules and they always, there's like, there's certain things that they have to do. Like even when we talk about something like uh, some elitist, maybe Illuminati, some sort of like occult group that does certain things to us, maybe like even uh, like the Saturn worshipers or black cube folks, there's always the revelation of the method. They almost always have to tell you about it first, um, which is really fascinating. Yeah. Just a different set of rules, a different set of compacts governing how these things must act or must be activated. Yeah, I mean, it, there's like these karmic rules. And I mean, I've found it fascinating that like these Saturnian cults, I think, honestly, I think that's where a lot of this goes to, because uh, this is way off the topic. I'm sorry. But like, I, I find it fascinating that like, whether we believe their religion or not, it seems that there's like one religion that all of these dark art occultists have. Um, and it seems that they all follow these same rules. They use the same symbolism. They use the same. It's really interesting. And and I almost see their um, quest for immortality as a way to cheat karma and a way to cheat the death that they know that they're going to get and what they're going to get in death. Um, I don't know. So that's way out there. But yeah, I mean, if you don't believe in the next life to come, it stands to reason that you're going to take any method you think works to avoid the first death, you know, Mm -hmm. the false death or repercussions of that death. Like if there is, you know, if there's something, there's a uh, paid, what's that? (laughs) You got to pay the piper. You know what I mean? I I almost see that as the whole transhumanism thing, wanting to like upload your consciousness so that you escape that death, that reality, that, you know, the consequences that could happen. Yeah, I think I'm a little more sympathetic to transhumanism than a lot of people in our conspiracy space. (laughs) Uh, I think it's probably good, actually, to be eliminating disease. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with expanding the human lifespan. I think you get into another matter when you're trying to create simulacra of the human existence and trying to put humanity in a form that is not humanity. But there's really subtle uh, gradations here, and it becomes a ship of Theseus problem where at a certain point, where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. And as such, it's I'm a little bit agnostic on the question, but I'm more open to it than I think a lot of people are. You know, as far as I'm concerned, antibiotics are transhumanism. And that's agreed, good. man. Glasses are you know what i mean all that sort of stuff yeah so i mean i'm not like theoretically i'm not against that sort of thing like i'm not uh trying to be ted kaczynski or something (laughs) but like to me it's the people that are trying to push this i don't trust and it's the people that are like inventing these new technologies i'm very skeptical of you know like i don't want to try the Neuralink with fucking elon musk do you know that every single one of those monkeys he put that in died yeah Yeah, and stuff like that, your Neuralink, (laughs) your Metaverse, that Mm -hmm. stuff's just evil. It's just That's the stuff that scares me. (laughs) And that's like, that's the new push of this transhumanism movement. If it was just about like expanding lifespans, I'm still skeptical of the people that say that they're wanting to do that. Like, but you know, whatever. Like, I just, I don't think these people have good intentions though. I'm very (laughs) skeptical of these people's intentions. Yeah, and that's just, that's such an important component to it. 
you know, you need to take into account why people are doing this. Uh, you know, we're given mastery of the physical world to make it what we want to make it, as long as it honors the uh, plan of God. You know, we are given mastery over the animals and the land, and I think it's okay to use those things. Mm-hmm. You know, find the bounty that's been left for us to find and enjoy. But at a certain point, we are not authorized to make a new world unto ourselves in the space that is not the physical, you know, I suppose that's not the best way to phrase it, but I'm not sure I could come up with the way (laughs) I really want to put that off the cuff. You know, we're not out here creating new worlds in the ether. Yeah. We're not supposed to be, but that's exactly what's going on. Well, I I think I, well, I'm going to try to, say what I think you said is that we were given dominion of this earth. And so if we're able to find like minerals and metals and different things that can help us like electricity, uh, you know, things that we could do to extend our life and, or make our lives more comfortable here. I think that's all on the table. That's all good. And I think where I typically want to draw the line is when you're genetically modifying things. It's like when we're playing with life and we're changing DNA that's when I'm like, I get off board. Like to me, it's scary. Yeah. And I understand why that's scary to people. I don't think there's one thing wrong with the skepticism there. I think that we can't trust the motivations of the people trying to do that stuff. I don't think it has to be inherently evil. I really don't believe it Mm. does. You know, there's things we can do to increase people's IQ safely and ethically there's things we can do to cure people of chronic diseases safely and ethically. And we should be trying to do these things. It's just when people start talking about eugenics programs, yeah, rewriting the DNA without having done a, what's it called? A longitudinal study. That's the the whole thing. Cause you were saying that you were talking about like, if these people had good intentions, but I'm like, even if they have good intentions, they don't know what's going to happen down the road when they're like, let's just tweak this and see what happens, you know? And I, yeah, I, I totally agree with like extending people's like lifespans and helping people's, you know, achieve a higher IQ by like, like making sure that kids have proper nutrition, making sure that they have clean water, make sure that, you know, there mm-hmm. is the right, you know, all those, all those things are fantastic. And then, then you think about like the super soldiers that they're creating in China right now that they've only briefly talked about. And I find that scary and fascinating. Have you or heard the about Russian that? Regime, regime harvesting DNA from Scythian warrior king tombs? Dude, I love that. That's so cool, but mm-hmm. <laughs> scary. But that's sort of related <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've heard all those stories. Uh, how seriously we can take any of them, we'll just have to wait and see. But it's it's wild to think about in the first place. I totally think they would try it now, whether oh, or not totally. it's been successful. You know, I, I think that is fascinating because, I mean, I think they tried for a long time with that with that sheep. Right. That was like the first one. And then mm-hmm. it, it didn't really work out and didn't work out. But now there is like a South Korean company that like if your favorite pet dies and I thought about doing this, man, because I had the best cat in the world. I'm sorry, everybody that thinks your cat was the best, but my cat really was the best. Uh, he was a big fat uh, Siamese cat that would play fetch. He'd come and lick you on the face. He was like a dog and he was just the most friendly, coolest cat in the world. Anyways, uh, they can clone your pets now, which is pretty damn amazing, but it costs like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's off the table for me, but yeah. Or, you know, instances like growing pig organs and cloned animals that are compatible for human transplants and homie died. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the big man that they just talked about, that was the new big one, the, mm-hmm. the genetically modified pig heart. Uh, yeah, homestead. See, I hadn't heard that follow-up to it, so I guess that's off the table then. <laughs> well, but they're, it's they're just working this, on it. Yeah, exactly. They, they're You never want to be the one that tries it the first, like, I don't want to ride in the first airplane that was ever, you know, <laughs> you know no, what I mean? Like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure I want a genetically modified pig heart in me. I might just welcome death. I don't yeah, know. You no, know, I'm not I'm not afraid <laughs> of death. 
I'm not welcoming it with an open embrace. I'm not going to walk into traffic, but you know, maybe that's just a result of me being pretty young yet. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of it. I know what's waiting for me afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm, I am fascinated about that. Like, I, I wonder what I would do. Like if I'm 80, who gives a shit? I mean, maybe my grandkids do, but I'm like at 80, I'm like, if I'm still alive, I don't think I'm going to make it to 80 pause. But if I do make it to 80, I want to try crack for the first time. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just why not? Well, that'll guarantee the ticker goes if nothing else does. <sighs> I'll eat a cheeseburger every day, start smoking cigarettes or something. Like, yeah, why not at that point? <laughs> okay. We're way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Transhumanism, though, that could be. I mean, that is the future cryptid, man. And mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so let's go. Um, well, I heard about this. Have you ever heard of? Well, I don't think you have. This is our local, our local, uh, like Loch Ness monster is named Caddy or Cadiborosaurus. We have one here in the Pacific Northwest. I think he's more closer to Canada and Washington, though. Um and then uh, let's talk Bigfoot, man. I mean, I got Bigfoot in the background. I got him on the flag behind me. Uh, that's one that has always been close to my heart just because I'm a Pacific Northwest boy. Uh, I always wanted to find Bigfoot. I spent years in the Redwood Forest. Uh, I'm originally from Eureka, California. So uh, out there with the Redwood Giants and stuff, we'd go down to Southern Humboldt and just I'd be like off running looking for Bigfoot. And obviously I never found him. Did you ever hear any of the wood knocks? Dude, I'd hear all kinds of crazy ass noises. Um, I probably didn't know what to look for. Then I was well, probably just I suppose that might be the thing then, right? Who knows if you did, you didn't know you did. Yeah. Yeah, Bigfoot's a wild one. You know, people talking about do they have societies they can interact Uh, reasonably with humans, even if there's not a language to communicate between us, it's, it's interesting. You know, I'm not sure where a story like Bigfoot even evolves from if there's not something to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was listening, I mean, I was looking up different like um, stories and stuff and I, I came across the Almas. Do you know what that is? I can't say I do. Well, it is uh, the Mongolians. Um, this was their Bigfoot. And this was all the way, this was across the steppe and the, Ca- I can't pronounce it, the Caucasus Mountains. The that ra- Yeah, those mountain ranges. And so this is Turkish and Kazakh and all the way, like all of those countries there and all the way up through Mongolia, this was their Yeti. And they would describe them just like Bigfoot. And dude, if there's that many cultures talking about something so similar how can we just dismiss it out of hand well because we don't want to chase the evidence and acknowledge the possibility of it being real Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's very easy reasons to think why a person might dismiss it but it's it's foolish it's not intellectually rigorous and it's ultimately short-sighted i think but it it makes sense. It's like I said at the very beginning, some people just aren't willing to lean in and ready to grapple with the weird around them. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Uh, I would love to meet Bigfoot. And I mean, I've heard mixed, it's a mixed bag, right? Some of them are mean. Some of them are nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're almost always surrounded by men in black or like, if you see one, you get visited by a man in black. Have you heard that? I don't think I've actually heard that connection. What's going on with that? So I've heard this several times now that like, if you see one, you're almost always visited by a man in black and they basically tell you to shut the fuck up. You didn't see anything. And especially if, cause I've heard several stories now. Uh, cause I was kind of doing some deep dives of like people that like hunters that are out in the woods, they're out there looking for deers. They see a fucking Bigfoot and shoot him. Uh, and then they get down there, the body is gone. Like with like they turn around and basically the body's gone. And then they get approached by these men in black. And um basically they're just told to fuck off. Like you didn't see shit. Mm-hmm. And if you it like basically get lost now or something's gonna happen to you. 
you know, and that's that's interesting, right? Because the men in black are also such a pervasive trope, especially in the modern age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, that in turn becomes a question of, are these an entity of some kind? Yeah. Some sort of enforcer of consensus reality, a defense mechanism of the other world? Or are they more conventionally just some government agency that happens to be exactly where they need to be at all times? Well, yeah, that's really fascinating, man, because they could be something like kind of like a like a cryptid, like kind of like a Time Lord sort of like idea of trying to keep uh, the realms apart and trying to keep them like, you know, without knowing each other. So they're like these uh, like agents that that kind of live in between like in the gray zone between our reality and the next. Uh, I think that's a really interesting, cool idea. And it would be fun to be a man in black in that way, but Some I've also heard interdimensional antibody. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah, yeah, that'd be fucking neat, man. To be like, you're, you're like an FBI agent, but you're, uh, yeah, interdimensional. Well, yeah. you know, who doesn't want to be X files or Delta green IRL, mm-hmm. right? That'd be super neat. Um, yeah. Oh, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, well, what we were discussing was uh, these men in black show up, tell you to fuck off if you've seen Bigfoot. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. So, yeah, men in black are interesting to me, too. Um, I Okay, that's where I was going with this. So, like, when I was uh, – I took my wife to Yellowstone when uh, for our – honeymoon so we're in yellowstone and we're taking so now we're in the green actually we're in the grand tetons at this point and we're on a little boat and we're going to this place called elk island to go get dinner and the ranger is basically telling us that like look every single one of our animals is chipped and if you hit one it's going to cost you ten thousand dollars um like if you accidentally kill one they're like if a cougar attacks you and you shoot it to protect yourself, that's $10,000. If a bear is trying to eat your wife and you shoot it in the head, that's $10,000. We don't care. There's no exceptions. This is to protect the animals. And and I was like, damn, man. Like, all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> what? I, I had no idea about that. But Yeah, they're you know. super serious about it. They're like, I like, I think, okay. They were told, they told a story about a guy where a deer ran out in front of his car and he hit it and he tried to run cause he knew it was going to cost him money. And they tracked his ass down. Like they're super serious about that shit out there. And uh, like, I think they went to every single campsite and looked at every single vehicle till they found one with like a little collision damage and some blood in the, you know, uh-huh. um, which is, it's pretty nuts, man. But, how I like, I was thinking that. So if there is Bigfoot, are they being tracked and chipped and hidden by our government? If they are a physical entity, if they are a physical creature, and maybe that is also why we never see their remains. That actually would go a long way to explaining that. If there's some sort of protected species that's being covered up and Mm -hmm. that they are, if there's some sort of, you know, a chip program for them, or some sort of accord between them and us that would probably go a long way towards explaining just that. It really would, you know, some sort of cleanup crew. We know roughly where they dwell. We're keeping them a secret. They're staying out of our shit. It's not, it's one of the craziest things I've heard, but it's not one of the <laughs> dumbest things I've heard, you know? Yeah. I mean, dude, how do you get recruited to be one of these guys, too, though? Because you have to be trustworthy, and then you have to not be able to run your mouth after. I wonder if this is like a lifetime appointment, like the CIA. You know, they say once you're... never actually retire. Mm -hmm. Well, that seems extremely possible to me. You know, how many whistleblowers do you hear about in the park service? Dude, and do you get to retire... Do you get to be one of the guys that are watching the campsites? Because that would be a fucking sweet job. You know, those old couples that like are watching these nice ass campsites and mm-hmm. and then but secretly they're working for the government and they're keeping an eye on Bigfoot. <laughs> How awesome would that be? <laughs> Dude, it'd be sick. I really hope that's true. Government, if you're listening, hit me up. 
<laughs> yeah, I will sell out watcher. if you give me a job <laughs> babysitting Bigfoot. Me and Paz will go and live in the woods. This will be great. <laughs> so that's an interesting thought that I had, and I'm not 100. I'm not 100 sure about any of this, but <laughs> well, that's just it, right? You can't let yourself be 100 percent certain, anyways. You know, you got to be able to entertain these ideas in the mind without ever actually committing yourself to them, because that's how you end up becoming like, I don't know, the Q shaman or something. (laughs) You know, that's how you end up being one of those dude who's trusting the plan every time literally anything happens. I wonder what he's up to right now. He really bitched out. (laughs) Dude, if you're the Q shaman. Like you kind of double down. Like at that point, like I get it. He's wrong and he was stupid and he made the biggest mistake in the world. But how are you going to bitch out now? Well, that dude was a character actor anyways. (laughs) You know, he wasn't, he wasn't legit. He wasn't an actual QAnoner, but I think if he'd leaned into the character, he'd be making enough Patreon money that he could retire off it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. You, you literally, you can't back down. I mean, because no. no matter it goes what, right back to leaning in, right? Yeah, they're not ever going to forgive you. Like you're never going to be welcomed in, you know, to polite society again. And so you can't bitch out to the people that love you. You got to triple down on that. I agree. I had heard that it was it him or was it someone else that supposedly took a shit on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Yeah, I mean, allegedly it was someone else. That wasn't <laughs> him. But there was enough people in and out of her office. And, you know, did they ever track down that laptop that got stolen from her office? Probably not. Oh, I think they actually did. I think it was a lady that took it and she got caught. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, that- so I, re- I remember a woman was arrested yeah, for having stolen yeah. her laptop, but whether or but not she had it? it or found it, right? That's what I'm asking. I don't know if it ever turned back up. I can't imagine it had anything interesting on it. Like, I do think that she's a weird, but I, she's such a crazy old boomer. I can't imagine she knew how to do anything on her laptop. To <laughs> That's a good point. I think at this uh, point in time, she's probably just living off graft and insider trading more than she is. Uh, playing a role in the system. Yeah. No, I don't think any of those three, the top three right now, we got Joe Bizzle. We got, uh, what's her name? Kamala's. And then we got Nancy Pelosi. Those are our top three right now. Mm-hmm. Like if one goes out <laughs> and they're all complete morons. Yeah. Just brain rotted. That can't be. I mean, I, I I don't think that that's an accident. I think that we're keeping these idiots around. Well, <sighs> as I've said before in plenty of other places, the real theory of conspiracy isn't that the government is evil and it's in charge of everything. It's that individual actors of sufficient wealth or power or clout can touch the levers of power for themselves using government mechanisms. And if that's the case, then it's not these people. It's the people yeah. who throw them the most fundraising without having their name on the donor list. But I mean, we've seen uh, we've seen uh, examples of that like forever, where like a really rich person could. I mean, even Jeffrey Epstein just not for the longest time he was being held unaccountable because he had so many connections in government. Exactly. You know. You know, getting sweetheart deals on his plea bargain. His time in prison, he was actually out and about in the city during the day. He only had to come back at night during the first stretch. And you know he had a nice bed. He didn't have a cot. I've been in jail, and it sucks. I had to, like, I had to, like, uh, schmooze the fucking jail guard to get a blanket. (laughs) And that certainly wasn't the case with him. No. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's funny as shit. Okay. Um... Yeah, fucking Nancy Pelosi, man. She's terrible. Uh, we were talking about the QAnon shaman. Uh, where the fuck were we? <laughs> 
I thought the the best thing that I had heard out of it, and this was complete internet meme. This was like, but a story that came out of it was that somebody had like broken in and stole the AO shoe, AOC shoes. That wasn't just that? a story. That was legit. Someone did steal a bunch of shoes from her. Is that true? Yeah. I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> no, someone took a bunch of shoes from her office. That was real. That got confirmed. That's amazing. Some fucking gross bird was like, score. <laughs> <laughs> What's more interesting to me is just how much those shoes went for on the dark web. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> how much they were going for on the black market. Oh, geez. A lot. <laughs> yeah. That's the easy answer is a lot. Uh, were you the one that showed? Oh, okay. No, no, no. You commented on my thing. I was like, there was that picture of JFK and young fucking Nancy Pelosi. Uh-huh. She was kind of fine back in the day. Yeah. She had her moment in the sun. Yeah. And God, man, you know that JFK was such a pig. He was yeah. such a dog. No, he def. I'm positive. He probably had her at least once. And I wouldn't be surprised if Johnson didn't too, because LBJ was literally just as bad as Kennedy, but nobody pretend he was charismatic about it. That dude was legit just a fucking rapist. <laughs> this was politics back then. Yeah. I don't do I they can't get away with it anymore, right? Is this a I'm sure that they can. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that this sort of stuff's still going on. Honestly, just look at the fact that you're not allowed to see the payouts for the congressional hush fund. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. so it must still be going on. How many people just take the money and shut up? That's exactly right. You know? It's fucked. <laughs> That's so fucked. You think J-Biz stops it sniffing? Or do you think these days he probably does because I don't think he has the cognitive capacity to even actually be considered non brain dead most days? But I mean, that's like the biggest walking conspiracy is just that our president is not even really alive. It's almost cruel to have him. Like, I can't even make jokes about him because I feel bad. Yeah, it's basically elder (laughs) abuse. The amount of uppers they have to pump that dude full of to get five minutes of clear audio would be enough to kill a horse, I'm sure. What do you think about, because I I think that this was fairly confirmed, that photo of him, he's sitting there at a podium, and then he goes like this and scratches his head, and then you see his second hand is still on the podium? Yeah. Have you you seen that? Timeline Earth, shout out to my co-host. We've been all over that sort of stuff literally since he was elected. And it's, what do you make of that? They want to call it a video artifact every single time it happens. But at a certain point, you can't tell me broadcast technology is that bad now when it wasn't three, four years ago. You know, well, it reminds me of uh, what's it called? Uh, Black Mirror, the very first episode where they're trying to blackmail the president into fucking a pig. Do you yeah, remember that? I do. And they told them they're like, we can we can edit this in real time live and make it look like you're fucking the pig. And he, you know, just actually fucked the pig to save his kid. But that like dude, it's real. It's real. Like, they don't put shit out like that. Like, every single episode of Black Mirror, I'm fucking convinced that that was, like, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. That shit is scary. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's it's that same exact deal. It's There's no way the technology is actually that bad. I think it's just what I keep coming back to with that question. So if it's not that bad, because it can't possibly be that shitty, what's the point of allowing it to be like it is? And that goes back to what you were saying. Perhaps that's a revelation of the method issue. Maybe. Well, that they talk about deep fakes so much. Yeah, they have to tell us about it. And all that normies know about it is like, look, I can put uh, Britney Spears' face on this porn star. You know, (laughs) well, pause. Do you have any uh, last minute cryptid info you want to throw at me? Did we miss anything? I'm sure we did. Well, (laughs) I'm sure we did too, but that's just a reason to come back and do it again. Right. Hell yeah, brother. 
All right, man. Do you have any last minute plugs? Tell everybody about your, uh, tell everybody about your shop, man. I want people to buy your merch. Well, I wish I could, but my shop got shut down. Oh, I'm sorry, homie. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. I never got a reason for it either, which is kind of weird. I just tried to log into Etsy one day and it, my shop was gone. So <laughs> fuck those guys. Yeah. Um, I'll probably get back up on another platform eventually, but I'm not on one right now. All right, brother. Uh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Paz. You came and you killed it. Uh, thank you for having me. I've always enjoyed being here. I enjoy our interactions, and we should do more of this. Anytime, brother. Anytime. All right. Thanks, bud. Yep.